Hi everyone, I'm your host, Sean Lee Davis. I'm a filmmaker, conservationist, green entrepreneur, and impact investor. And this is Our Future Nature, a podcast spotlighting the ideas, technologies, and solutions for a more sustainable world. In this season of the podcast, we'll be speaking to advocates, entrepreneurs, scientists, and thought leaders about global, environmental, and social issues, and how we can go about solving them. I aim to separate the real talk from the greenwash and dive deep into novel technologies and solutions to help you understand just how exciting sustainability can be. With that said, let's get on with today's episode. Our guest today is food entrepreneur and filmmaker Malcolm Wood, whose latest film, The Last Glaciers, is out now. Malcolm. Hi. You've, you, you embarked on filming this documentary with Craig Leeson. Uh, yeah. What were the challenges in getting it made? Because I know you had a rough time making this documentary. It wasn't as easy as it was meant to be. Not that it's ever easy. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd have to say that, you know, out of all of the businesses that I've set up in the last 20 years of, of being an entrepreneur, that fundraising a climate change movie has probably been one of the toughest things I've had to do. And after about a year of trying, we basically decided that we've got to do this ourselves because everyone was interested in the content. They thought it was a really unique way to, you know, explain climate change with adventure aimed at sort of a younger audience that could understand the problem and not be scared away by all these scientific facts. Um, but when they brought it up to the board level, they're like, you know, we can't invest in this because we're part of the problem. And pretty much everyone is part of the problem and, and it makes it quite a difficult thing to raise money for. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, it, was a huge, it was a huge problem, but the fact that we self-funded it means that we kept creative control and now we're, we, you know, we can distribute it however we want and we are not locked into a, a specific distribution partner. So when is this movie going to come out? <clears throat> this documentary going to be released? As you know, COVID is, is posing a little bit of an issue. And, um, you know, one in the film industry would think that with COVID, there'd be a lack of content, but actually the reverse has happened. Everyone who had content has decided that they want to hold back on the release mm. to wait for the theatrical release to be able to, 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 to go forward. Um, so there's actually a backlog of content that's making it a little bit difficult to work out the release. The, the aim for us is to have um, uh, a Q1 release next year and to do it on, a, you know, on, on multi-platforms and not just to go with one uh, specific platform, but we're still working, working that process out at, at the moment. So tell us about, the, apart from the fundraiser, what were the sort of main filming challenges? Because you're an adventurer, <clears throat> uh, extreme sports adventurer. You actually took Craig Leeson up some big mountains, and he's never really been up these kinds of altitudes before. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, I mean it was, it was a, a, a very interesting experience. We, you know, Craig Leeson is an oceans guy. He's scared of heights. Um, and he really wanted to see this firsthand himself. And we also wanted to do it as, as carbon light as possible, you know, so it was unavoidable having to fly film crews to a, a location, but we didn't want to use helicopters. We were filming in sort of national parks where you can film with drones. Um, and as a paragliding pilot, it was the natural thing to suggest that we use paragliders. Um, a little crazy idea to, to fly from 6,000 meters with him strapped to the front of me with the professional cameras. 
to try to get really interesting perspectives of the of the glacier and 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 to also engage in the to get engage the audience in 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 trying to do that with a guy who is fundamentally scared of the mountains and basically that's what you did you st strapped him in front of you and got him to film the journey down yeah yeah so there were some there were some hairy moments there for sure and tell us a little bit about the risks of speed riding which i believe is the 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 terminology for this kind of sport. It's not paragliding, right? Speed riding. I, I do speed riding and speed flying, which is when you use skis and, and you fly, you know, 90 to 100 kilometers an hour and use tiny little wings that are 13 meters and, and, and less. But we use big paragliders, tandem paragliders to do the filming. We do use some speed wings um, to film some of the, 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 the shots in the Alps. We, we had to use several different disciplines, mountaineering, uh, multi-pitch climbing, uh, alpinism, speed flying, paragliding. So it was a mixed bag of things that Craig basically had to had to learn from scratch. Incredible. And is it dangerous? Is there a high death rate for this sport? Para-alpinism, para which is the combination of all those sports to get yourself to high mountains and to fly off. You know, there's really only 50 active people doing it around the world. So it, and I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say it, it was, it, it's dangerous if you do not assess the situation correctly and you don't, you don't back down at the right time. It's, it's, it can be fatal. Um, and the, the issue with paralpinism is, is that you have to be good at all five disciplines and have a good knowledge of all five of those things to keep yourself safe. So in that respect, yes, it's, it's very dangerous, but it can be practiced extremely safely with the correct knowledge and time and effort, which is the, the, the part of the sport that I enjoy. It's the, it's the problem solving. It's very much like doing business. Um, whereas people look at it just like you're a crazy nutter, it actually takes a lot of planning, a lot of, um, you know, a lot of education and a lot of learning to, to do safely. Since we got cut off earlier, maybe you could just re kind of reiterate what you discovered on your journey of making this documentary. What were the key takeaways from making it? Yeah, so, um, I mean, the key takeaways for me was the fact that glaciers aren't just pretty bits of ice on the top of mountains. I mean, it is the life support system for a third of the world's planet. They are essentially locked up water reserves. I was talking about Peru. Peru, 90% of the population is dependent on the glaciers in the Peruvian Andes. And the worst case uh, models that we were looking at, or you know, just the, ac the, the, the models that they're trying to be accurate on are saying that within 40 years, we're going to lose those glaciers. And that means 90% of the population is going to be without water. Peru is actually one of the driest places on earth, and I didn't know that till I went to Peru. To think that that many million people are going to be without home, food, agriculture, and water within 40 years is, is just is something we're going to have to deal with. You know? and, and the title of this talk is Past the Tipping Point. You know, is it, are, are we beyond the, the point of rescue? Well, the damage, you know, 10 years ago, five years ago, we were talking about tipping points. Well, we're past the tipping points. The damage is being done and it's irreversible and we will have to deal with it. That's my biggest takeaway from this. And we can slow it down and we can stop it, but the, those cogs are in motion and we will deal with it. We will see mass migration. We will see people go without water. We will see people homeless. And this is going to happen because of a result of inaction over the last 10 years. And that means that we, the next 10 years, is even more important to slow or stop this type of damage happening from around the world. 
Yeah, a recent UN report came out that we essentially have to cut our production of, uh, of fossil fuels by 6% every year until 2030 to, to reach the one point, to keep the heating within 1.5 degrees centigrade that was agreed in the Paris Treaty. But in yeah. fact, with COVID and all the government funding, we're actually increasing the fossil fuel production, they reckon, by 2%. So, I mean, you have children, and the, there's that quote that, you know, we don't inherit the, the planet from the our ancestors, but we borrow it from our children's future i mean are you concerned for your children and their generation i'm i'm 100 percent concerned i mean you, you, everyone who has kids should be concerned about climate change um anyone without kids should be concerned about climate change um it's it's not something that is for you know going to be a consequence in their generation it's a consequence that we're going to have to now deal with in our generation but i'm optimistic i i think four years ago when i started this you know, there's a statistic that 50% of North Americans thought climate change was a hoax or a political agenda. Now, 90% of people believe it's, it's true, but there's a, there's, a, there's a wave of change and we're at that tipping point of, of people believing, seeing the consequences happening and going, what can I do today? And that's kind of what we try to address in the third part of our film is, okay, right, we've, we've unanimously shown you a very simple example of why this is important, and it's one of the biggest fallouts of climate change that we're all going to have to deal with. And it, you know, we, we're not going to get these glaciers back. They're, they're going. Um, we can stop them from melting if, if, we can, if we can keep to the Paris Agreement in certain areas of the world, but we're going to have to deal with it. And um, that's, the, that's the reality. But um, you know, people are willing to, to, to make the change now and they need the information and that's what we try to do in the third, the third part of the film is give you, that, give you that information to be able to make the change. Now of course we kind of think of ice melting and glacial change happening glacially like over centuries but have you seen in your time up in the mountains changes in the, the ice? I mean, I mean just <laughs> there's, a, there's a glacier right there which is one of my favorite glaciers which is the Bosson Glacier um, which comes off Mont Blanc and I've, I've speed flown um, down there three times now. This is one of my homes in the world. I, I love the mountains and you can see it every year. It's, it, it gets shorter and shorter. That particular glacier behind me is a steep glacier. So its retreat is less apparent to the eye. Whereas a lot of the glaciers like the Mer de Glace or the Fiche Glacier in, in Switzerland, they're very horizontal. And so there, there's a tipping point where one year it gets too warm and that layer of the atmosphere um, gets too warm and, and the whole glacier just sort of gets devastated in one go and that's and, and that's the problem in the alps is there's a lot of those big glaciers like that that are just disappearing um rapidly and and you know you mentioned the himalayas they have a huge problem you know there's water there's going to be water shortages in the himalayas they're, they're losing a third of their their glaciers already up to now and they're going to lose another third over the next 20 30 years um, and, and, you know, that's some of the poorest parts of the world having to deal with what the richest part of the world is doing to the atmosphere and the climate. Yeah, it's very, very scary. I mean, I have a question here from Sean Fitzpatrick. Are there any technologies that humans can employ in order to re remove greenhouse gases from the atmosphere that are effective? Carbon yeah, capture. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, carbon capture is actually quite an interesting uh, business to be in now. And, and it, it's really in the last 12 months that you're seeing people um, be innovative in this space. Um, I saw a, um, a, a new diamond company, which was collecting carbon from the atmosphere and creating diamonds uh, for sale. 
there are machines being generated in Switzerland that farm out the carbon, the, the carbon monoxide and dioxide from, from the atmosphere with big fan ventilators and pumps those through aquaponic and polytunnel farms to help the vegetables grow even quicker. So, I mean, there's, unfortunately, I, I don't think that's the answer. I think it really, we really have to address the output. We do also have to address the issue of, of sequestering carbon out of the atmosphere. The best way to do that is to plant trees. So if, if we could plant 4 billion trees and slow down the carbon emissions and change over to sustainable um, energy sources, that's, that's what we need to be doing over the next 10 years. And I think with enough pressure, we're going to get there. But that, everyone cannot be relaxed about this issue. We all need to apply as much pressure as possible. Now, a quick word about our sponsor for this episode. Our Future Nature is brought to you by Authentic Gallery. Authentic Gallery makes buying and collecting stunning and impactful art easy, with a portion of proceeds of every purchase going towards vetted partner charities. Want to buy art and contribute to an impactful cause at the same time? Check out Authentic Gallery, spelled A-W-E-T-H-E-N-T-I-C gallery.com. So please visit AuthenticGallery.com to start browsing now. I think you mentioned earlier, like, we're all part <clears throat> of the problem because even though we can do a few things to be more sustainable. We all still travel. We all still emit carbon. And are, are we doing enough individually or should we put more pressure on corporations, on governments to do more? Who's, whose responsibility is this? There's three angles here, yeah? The individual, what can you do at home? What can a student do? What can a 12-year-old do? What can a 25-year-old university student do? Um, change, change your diet, travel, you know, less use a bicycle don't fly as much if you do fly offset your carbon you know in, in, invest back into your carbon footprint to reduce it so that's the individual everyone who has the knowledge who is educated who has seen movies like ours or inconvenient sequel or before the flood or, or any of these things please act that's the first thing the next two things are corporations. Anyone who runs a corporation should try to get the corporation to change. I know it's difficult. I mean, it's difficult for us as business owners to, to, to swap over and it costs money and it hits your P&L. Um, so, you know, but try your best at least. And then there's the policymakers and they need the most pressure because they can incite the biggest change. And we're seeing that you know, in Europe, you know, that's a lot of countries by 2030 are, are going to ban carbon emitting cars and it's all happening now, but it has to happen quicker. Now, one of the reasons it's really fascinating to hear your story is because you're first and foremost an entrepreneur, right? And we just talked about how capitalism needs to become more conscious and more sustainable. It does make it harder to do business if you're being more sustainable. Can you be profitable and be sustainable? For example, in your business, you're in the food uh, restaurant business. I mean, is that actually an achievable target? Yeah. So, I mean, it's an interesting question. Again, at the beginning of this four-year process, I would have said it's actually incredibly difficult to el eliminate plastic out of your business. There's not enough alternative products. Um, you know, just taking cling film, for example, it's 40 times more expensive to use, you know, sustainable cling film two years ago than to just use the normal stuff. And so businesses that are struggling to survive don't have the liberty of making those decisions. That's changed now. There's been innovation in products, in, 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 um, in plastics, in, in plastic alternatives, and the price points are coming down, and it doesn't hurt your P&L. 
that much. And actually the consumer is educated now that they will, they will pay slightly higher prices to feel good about the products they're consuming. And so I, I, I think, yeah, maybe two years ago, you, you had more of a valid excuse for not trying. But I think now there's enough innovation out there. And, and if there isn't, then, then try to be the business that makes that innovation, you know, because there's, there's people that want to do the change. Absolutely. What were the most dangerous <clears throat> moments in the filming of Last Glaciers? And would you recommend to anyone out there to go and make a documentary about the environment? Or do you recommend people to just stay at home? <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's an interesting question, Sean. Someone asked me what, if I wanted to make a difference and I was an individual with a low budget, what should I do? And there's so many different forms of media now that it, it's, it's incredibly easy to put your story online. You know, we're, we're on, I mean, this is my first Instagram live. And, on top of um, the mountain. And on top of a mountain. I've, I've accidentally switched off twice and I'm, I'm learning how to get my head around the IT problem. But I mean, there's so many different media sources. There's, you know, like anyone can create a story with a phone right now. And just if you find something or you, 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 you've got a story to tell, just, yeah, put it out there. Don't be, don't be scared. In terms of what was the most dangerous thing that we did, it was flying Craig off uh, via Narahu in the Cordillera Blanca range in Peru at, uh, at 6,000 meters. And I was not a very experienced uh, tandem paragliding pilot. I'd, I'd done a lot of speed flying, a lot of solo wing flying. And the guy that was actually supposed to fly Craig off the mountain um, ripped his calf muscle open and had 40 stitches. And came to base camp and got me on the radio. And I just remember turning to, to Craig and just saying to him, look, buddy, you run now like your life depends on it. And if you trip up, we're going to die. And please, like, stay focused. And he was tired and, and you know, we'd all lost like five, five to six pounds of weight and exhausted, standing up at altitude. And, um, and yeah, we got off. And we were so elated when we landed. We, we ended up hugging for about five minutes on the ground without moving so i mean that was that was the most dangerous amazing was it was it filmed was the hugging filmed the hugging is filmed it is in the it is in the movie if you'd like to see me and craig hugging each other they're, they're, that, that that content is available to the public there we go We're looking forward to that bit so you've talked about you've highlighted the issues of plastic and plastic ocean you've tackled the issue of climate change in the last glaciers, what, what's next? I mean, how, how much bigger a topic can you get? Yeah, I mean, in terms of media, I think I, think I wanna turn, uh, turn my attention to um, not just highlighting problems um, now, but I think the answer is to provide shorter, easier, quicker media content over the next 12 to 24 months to support these films and businesses to show them that the innovation is there and that changes can be made, whether that's, you know, helping through, you know, one of our companies that we set up off the back of Plastic Oceans was called Plastic Conscious to provide plastic alternatives to the restaurant industry in Asia. And, and we, we've, we've solved that cling film problem, for example, and that's one of our products and it's been rolled out in the Mandarin Oriental group and a couple of other five-star hotels and, and things like that. So I, you know, I, there's a point when you've got to when you've got to turn towards helping solve the problem and uh, I, I think the films are sort of big wake-up messages and and uh, there's there's some work to be done now you've had a pretty illustrious career uh, spanning different industries what industries what would you say is the most your proudest moment or proudest achievement so far i mean b besides my kids which i'm immensely proud of and any any father should 
should definitely say that. Um, I'd, I'd say the, the work that I'm doing with the United Nations has been quite humbling. Um, during the process of the film, they made me um, their mountain hero uh, for climate change. Um, and I'm doing a lot of work with them in the upcoming year, you know, just talking about places and, 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 and mountains and, and keeping the, the, the environment pristine and, and highlighting some of the issues and, and solutions around, around climate change in this, in this sort of environment. So I would say that work to me is the stuff that I'm the most proud of, 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 of everything I've done in the, in the recent years. Just one question from Hopa Loop Hong Kong. What can individuals do on a daily basis on a daily basis to help? Top three things. You mentioned a few tips before, but just relist top three tips. Travel is one of them. You know, it, everyone's got to get on a plane. Most airlines have offsetting programs now. So if you go into the Cathay Pacific, you can actually offset your ticket online directly. You can do it with Emirates. Um, so just invest a little bit more money. It's actually not that expensive to offset your, um, you know, plant a couple of trees or, or, or be in part of a green project. There's a lot of debate over which foods have bigger carbon footprints. You know, they all have packaging. They're all being imported. They're all being flown around. And avocado out of season is from Mexico. Beef is terrible. I mean, go green, you know. And, and if, you, if you want to eat meat, eat it, eat it once a week. But, you know, there's, there's no excuse with the knowledge not to make those changes today. Um, and, and diet is definitely one of those things that will help. People don't like being told what to eat. Um, but it's not being, it's not about eliminating things. It's about reducing things. If you can't eliminate it, if you, if you don't have the willpower to do it, reduce it. And then at least you're making a difference. And then localization is a big one. Localize your travel, uh, walk to work, buy things that are locally, you know, locally sourced and not, not imported, all that sort of stuff. So that would be my top three things. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Malcolm. We won't hold you up any longer. Maybe All just right. a, a final message to the people out there. What can they do to make a difference? Well, as I said, I think, you know, anyone with a computer, Google, it's just, it's, it's easy to find out what you can do. There's, there's easy changes you can make today. Don't think the problem is beyond you or too big to deal with at, uh, at the home level or the personal level. Every little bit helps because every little bit slows down um, the, you know, the destruction and, and the pace at which things are happening. And, and I think that's, that's kind of the biggest message. You know, I think we can all make a difference. Um, and yeah, Fantastic. I think we are, we're, we're, we're going to, we're going to solve this for sure. I'm optimistic. Thanks, Malcolm. That's, that's really inspiring. Thank you. Maybe you can film a bit of footage and send it to us. We'll put it in the interview later. Um, yeah, we will do. Safe flight. And, um, thanks again. Looking forward to seeing the movie. Okay. Thanks, Sean. Thanks Cheers, for having Malcolm. me on the show. Cheers. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to Our Future Nature. Please remember to like and subscribe to keep up with the latest episodes. And if you enjoyed the podcast, it would really help if you could take a minute to leave us a review on Apple or Spotify. Much appreciated. Please follow us on Instagram at Our Future Nature Pod for behind the scenes and extra information. You can also follow me at Sean Lee Davis want to be updated on the work that I do in green entrepreneurship, advocacy, and conservation. And finally, Our Future Nature was produced and powered by Authentic Studio. Thanks, everyone. See you next time.